Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, am joined once again by Kevin Bender, and we engage in a conversation about the conclusion to the book of Daniel. And this conversation takes us from Babylon to our own present context as we even engage in a conversation about how we as American Christians may often feel like we are exiles living in this land. So we pray that this is both challenging and encouraging for you. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Pastor Aaron. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. It's good to be back. I know. Well, you said that at the beginning of your sermon on, I just, on Sunday. It's just Every day I just wake up and say it. You do? I'm just like, ah, oh, it's good to be back. I, I don't know where I was, but man. Back in my own bed, you know. <laughs> Sit down to breakfast. I'm sit at my table. Ah, it's good to be back. Yeah. Well, not only not only were you on the, on a trip for a week, but came back and then mm. took a little kind of self recovery time, but then also dealt with a little bit of some illness in your family. So just uh, some rest. So yeah, I mean, so for for us, kind of working together, we usually see each other a lot. But it's been been two weeks really. So, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know if I know how to talk anymore. I, I don't know. know if I know how to conversate anymore. I think we're about to find. I should have said I don't know if I know how to have a conversation anymore. Because <sighs> you meant like no conversate. It's yeah. a word. And then it yeah. a word that you made up. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping by this time you would have, you would have owned it and been like, you know, what it is. I do. I do own it. <laughs> it's still hard to say, but it's real. <laughs> uh, anyways, mm. yeah. Um, you know, Marcus and I conversated last week and we were just chatting briefly about that trip to Detroit mm. uh, but you you did share some things in the sermon John's John real connections between this this mission trip that you took to to Detroit and mm. um, kind of what Daniel's dealing with in Babylon um, yeah I mean I don't think there's obviously you don't need to re-preach the sermon but have you had you ever been down to Detroit before or to that to that part or what was that I don't know what was that experience like for you driving into a pretty rough neighborhood like that yeah yeah, yeah. so I've been to Detroit one other time in my life uh, previous to this mission trip um, four or five years ago maybe with my brothers and my dad we we would try to get to like a football game every year okay so we went to a Broncos that's that's our team Broncos versus Lions game in Detroit but I mean it was literally like park you know yeah. A few blocks away from the stadium, straight to the stadium, straight back to the car, yeah. out of Detroit. So, and downtown is not is actually making a comeback, I think, sooner than a lot of the areas a little further out from downtown. Yeah. Right? So where we were at with Camp Restore, um, that's, that's the ministry we were working alongside with when we were down there. Uh, they were located at like 6th and Gratiot. Mm. Um, so that's like 15 minutes north of like, I mean, the river, which is like mm-hmm. the southernmost point of Detroit. But... Yeah, so it was, uh, uh, I mean, I, I took mission, mission trips myself when I was in college. So, like, I went down to Acuna, Mexico um, for one of them, which is, like, right across the border of Texas. And uh, um, in, in Acuna, that, this was, like, the closest, though, I would say, to Acuna okay. that I've seen. So, which was basically, like, in Acuna, the thing that struck me was, like, holy cow, there's just, like, trash blown everywhere in yeah. these neighborhoods, right? Yeah. And there's, like, houses that don't look safe, you know? And, and uh yeah, I think down in Mexico when I was a college student, yeah, the that sense of like 
nervousness yeah. or maybe worry about being in an area like that um, hit me a bit more. Uh, whereas this time, it's kind of like, oh no, like this. Honestly, probably more the more of the world than not. Yeah, right. Would right. be kind of this way. Right. You know, people uh, live here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, and so yeah. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't well, it wasn't super striking. But it is when I think about like how insulated I am mm. in my own life from these realities. Mm. You know what I mean? These harsher realities like, oh, okay, in a city not too far from me, there's a bunch of trash everywhere, right? right? And houses falling apart. Right. And it's not, it's not Mexico or a third world country. It's right. my state. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which makes me think too, you know, okay, that's down in Detroit. I'm guessing there are other places that I have not visited that are closer to me than Detroit that are suffering, you know, some sort of similar type of fallout, Uh you know. And, of course, we have our own problems here in, you know, Houghton, Hancock, Calumet, you know, wherever you're living in this area. But how often do I recognize it? Right. You know, I mean, it's really easy for me Mm -hmm. to just go from my box that I live in that's nice and clean yeah. into my little box that has wheels and takes me <laughs> to my other box where there's, you know, more clean spaces. Yeah. It's really easy for me to live in that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been, I don't know, I've been wrestling with that, I don't know, that uh, I guess the insulary life I live, you know, being kind of comfortable and wanting to be comfortable. Right. And, um, you know, sometimes it gives us maybe a... Uh, well, it might make us a little bit delusional. I don't know if that's too strong of words, you know. <laughs> okay. But about the reality, the nature of things, the nature of even me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's deep. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't need to go there quite this. That was a lot. That's So those are some. Yeah. I don't know if you had other pointed questions about Detroit you were curious about. But... No, I mean, I've never been, um, I've never been to, uh, to those hard hit areas of Detroit, but I have in other cities in the U.S. because every... You know, every, every like you said, every every city and every place like mm. there are there are rough rough places, you know, um, for one for one reason or another. But yeah, I mean, you use this you use the phrase, and I think you said you saw it on t shirt that, that there was a t shirt in Detroit. Um, believe that there is good in Detroit, and mm-hmm. the, but then those words were highlighted. Be be the good. Um, yeah, I, that, you repeated that phrase a lot in the sermon, this connection between believing and being, believing Mm -hmm. and being. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's very, very valid and it's what we've seen play out in the book of, in the book of Daniel, which Mm. you also alluded to just this, this reality that in Daniel's life, he's got the. He's got the foundation of faith that he was raised in, mm-hmm. and this is this is the Daniel we're introduced to in the beginning of the book, a young teenager who's just got the foundation of faith. But throughout the book of Daniel, he's been given visions of the future. You know, God has reassured him of the hope that is to come. So he's got a strong foundation, but and then and then the future hope has been built in his life. And so what he believes about who he is, who God is, and what God has said he will do shapes his present reality and his ability to live as a faithful person. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I think we've had this conversation before, but it's so, this is, this is what it means to live as people of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that our faith, our trust in God is not just 
It's not just an idea. Because mm, mm-hmm. I, I think like, I think a lot of people think that faith is an idea. It's a thought system. It's a way of, it's a, just, this is, this is why in our, in our kind of, uh, um, what would be the, be the word, but poly, polytheistic world or whatever. What's yeah. that word? Polytheistic. Uh, yeah, that yeah. would make sense. Pluralistic. Pluralistic. That was the word I meant yeah. to say, but where, where you've got multiple options for whatever faith system you might have. And I say, I've got my faith system. You can have your faith system. You can have yours, whatever, you know, it's not, not a big deal because what pe- most people think of when they think of faith is, well, it's just my, my thought system, my, my mm. belief system, but it doesn't actually mean anything for the way that I'm going to speak or the way that I'm going to do my job or the way that I'm going to be a friend or a neighbor, any of that stuff. But Christianity actually, um, it's, it's, it's different. It's not just an idea. Mm. It actually is a way of being. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, part of the reason that T-shirt struck me was uh, the person who was wearing it was actually our uh, uh, kind of our leader that week. Uh, her name's Elizabeth Parrish. She works with Camper Store. Okay. And so she picked it up at some, there's something called like the, uh, I don't know if it's called the Eastern Market. There's something like, it's not exactly a farmer's, more like a flea market. Okay. It's really big down in Detroit. But anyway, she saw it there, she picked it up. And it struck me because like Elizabeth, she just graduated recently from uh, in one of the Concordia schools, St. Paul's, I think. Yeah. So, you know, young girl, <laughs> young white girl living right there, you yeah. know, like kind of in this heart of Detroit yeah. um, as, a, as a minority herself, yeah. you know, in this area. And and she's encountered, you know, uh, kind of some scary instances, you know, herself. I'm sure her family is probably <laughs> like praying for her, yeah. you know, very consistently. Um, but she like she loves being there, yeah. you know. And But it was cool to, uh, I guess, for her to be wearing it. Yeah, it's like it just made it so tangible and real, this idea of, you know, when God says like to love our neighbors, yeah. you know, or, or when, when Jesus is talking about... Um, you know, kind of the, the practical instruction he gives to his listeners of how they ought to be in the world. Yeah. Right? Which, I mean, it affects like every area uh-huh. when you think about it. But, so, but like, so even when it comes to like work, like the work that people do, right? Most of the time when I've been in a work setting, the general attitude, you know, is kind of like, like I'm just here to kind of put my time in, get mine, yeah. clock out, get home so I can enjoy myself, uh-huh. right? Because my work is just like this negative thing I have to do yeah, yeah, yeah. to you know, survive. Right. But no, like, they were working in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. You know, like, yes. in a perfect world. Yes. Right? So work is not inherently bad. Work is not inherently bad. It's actually good. Yes. You know? And uh, and so so this idea of just like, like, again, I think it comes back to almost what you were just talking about, how sometimes we reduce our faith, and we reduce our religion, or religion gets reduced to just an idea. Yeah. And there are so many things, um, even as I, I don't know, wrestle with my faith, that are kind of stuck up here. Okay. But it's really helpful to see them. Sorry, stuck up here. If you're listening, I'm pointing to my head. Okay, there you go. So they're <laughs> stuck up in my head, but it's really helpful to, to see them manifest in a very practical way. Right. right. And it doesn't have to be something huge. You don't have to be Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Right. Mother Teresa can be Mother Teresa. Yeah. You can just be you. Right. And do uh, uh, with what God has given you as your skills good in this world right and to see it as that you know right. to see like the hours i go put in in my job whatever it is right like god he's smiling at this yeah. you know yeah like he's like thank you yeah I, I gave you these skills right i endowed you with them i want you to use them yeah. for the service of the world 
and so working with um, you know, these sites in Detroit, like, and seeing these community leaders, the folks who had been living there for a long time, um, uh, uh, I mentioned some of them in the sermon, or they were in the video, yeah. George and Sandra and Mose. I mean, like, they're not they're not changing the globe. Yeah. They're changing their neighborhood. Yeah. They're cleaning up a lot and putting a garden in there. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's. I'm not saying it's not a lot of work. Good on them for having the motivation to do that. Yeah. But this is stuff we can all be doing. Yeah. You know. And it's, but it's life changing in that place mm-hmm. for certain people. And you know, when their lives are changed, they have the capacity then to change other lives and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking, when you're talking though, you know, you said I have a lot of these things that are that are that are up here. You know, we. We, we use this language uh, in, our, in our church and in our uh, discipleship culture about holistic discipleship, that you know, as followers of Jesus, we are to be holistic followers of Jesus, uh, raising up other holistic followers. And so we talk about those, those four H's, mm. right? Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that um, as we're holistic followers of Jesus, holistic disciples, that not only not only do we know things about Jesus in our heads, mm-hmm. it is one thing. I mean, we ought to know things. We ought to know that we're loved. We ought to know the scriptures. We ought to know how to read it. Like, there's a lot of stuff we ought to know. Right. But that's that's not the only thing. A lot of people, that is the extent of what they what they have. Mm-hmm. But it also mm-hmm. moves from our head to our heart. So uh, our heart is is. Um, what we what we believe about those things, um, how it how it shapes us, uh, how we're how we're formed, how we feel about things. So, head and heart. But I think that's where this this is the place where a lot of Christians have their Christianity is in that place, mm. and that's where that's where I think for a lot of people it kind of gets stuck in. Well, this is what I have, and you might have something different in your head and heart. So I'll just keep my stuff in my head and heart. Be cool for me. You do your thing. Be mm. cool for you. But that's not the only thing. So we got head, heart, but then our Christianity. In order to be that good, it moves to our hands. The hands are the that third H, right? So when we actually put these things into practice, mm. then we start to see the reality that that faith is a real thing. It's, it ought to be lived out. And then the fourth H is habits. So what sorts of things are habitual for us uh, that, that continue to shape us and mold us to mm. have it in our head, in our heart, in our hands uh, habitually? So uh, holistic discipleship, those four H's. And, and, and I mean, again, you know, we've talked, about, we've talked about Daniel kind of being a guy who think was living that sort of stuff like uh-huh he definitely yeah. had the, i mean we've talked about his habits yeah right i mean it's cool where scripture shows us these things yeah because you don't always get those little tiny details of a person's life you yeah. know how they lived uh-huh. but yeah daniel he praying those three times a day yeah. you know so he's in communication uh, yeah. uh with god it's shaping how he sees yeah. um he's stepping out and speaking faith right he's mm-hmm. he's not just he's not just cowering and keeping it to himself Right. What well, and I think you know, like some of these, like ethical, I guess you could say, dilemmas that he went through. You know, uh, early on, I think it might be chapter one when it's the whole food, uh, food and drink that they're not supposed to have. Yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of Christians, right? Maybe you listeners can relate to this. You get put in a position where you got this kind of internal sense that, oh shoot, I kind of know that I'm supposed to 
like not do something or mm. say something here. Like something's going on and it's not quite right. But I also know that if I do say something, well, it could have like negative effects, yeah. you know, on me. Like whether it's in the workplace, you know, uh, there might be I don't know stuff goes on in any corporation, any any really any yeah any orga- organization at all. It's going to have its spots that are like yeah we just don't we don't talk about that, yeah. you know. But this is like an area where it's like well. Our hands gonna be, you know, dirty. Our hands gonna get dirty. Are they? We're gonna try and keep them clean, yeah. you know. And so it's it's cool to see, yeah, Daniel live it out in that sense where he can't, like, because he believes, you know, because he believes again, like God is my judge, you know, which means one, yeah, God's got me mm. in His hands, right? Like no one can, no one can take me out of His hands. Yeah. Like He's got me, but I, but also, I'm accountable to God, yeah. you know, and like. I, I want to do good on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know, but that's it's. I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, there are real moments where our faith has to come into play outside of our head and hearts. Yeah. Right. Like there, where there is some action we're having to take or needing to take. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah, because. That's what God is doing in us. I don't know. Yeah. And, and we have to hold all of those things in tension, though, too. Because mm-hmm. I've heard some people speak, emphasize one to the detriment of the other. Like, sure. you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what you believe if you don't actually show it, you know. And mm. so, but that that's not really fair either because the, the belief actually shapes the being. And the mm-hmm. so, but the way that we be also sometimes shapes our belief like it, it's, it's a holistic thing it's all it all works all together yes. so yeah uh, yeah very much so um kind of bringing it bringing it back to daniel specifically and kind of the conclusion to daniel as we were there in chapter 11 and 12 and wrapping up this this whole sermon series uh, I've I've gotten a lot of feedback. I don't I don't know if you have you know over the course of the last eleven weeks either from podcast listeners or uh, people from, people from the church just being really grateful for the I don't know the the faithful slog through this book you know because uh, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of challenging stuff even before even before the the service yesterday oh, yeah. somebody uh, one one of our members said to me. Are you preaching today? And I said, "Oh no, Pastor Kevin." And she said, "I read chapter eleven and twelve, and I didn't like it. So hopefully, he's got something good to say." <laughs> you know? I was like, "I hope so. I think it'll be. I think it'll be good." There's, there's, there's a positive. There's a positive way to see this uh, thing get all wrapped up. So I'm yeah. not sure what her feedback was after. I'll have to, I'll have to ask her. But yeah, you should. I, but, I, I actually got the same. Oh, it was it. Uh, there was a member after church who said. Yeah, I was uh, kind of curious, you know, where you're gonna go because uh, I read chapter eleven. I didn't make any sense. <laughs> They're like, so I switched to, and he said, I read it in the King James version. And they said, so I switched to a more modern translation. Still didn't make any sense. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's been, you know, I mean, I think the first six chapters, going through more of those narratives yeah, yeah, yeah. of Daniel's life, was a little more palatable. Um, there was still, like, even in those texts, you know. Um, there were still kind of some interesting things that popped out. Yeah, yeah, You know, these visions that even Nebuchadnezzar would have or, uh, you know, him wandering around like a beast. Yeah. That's a little odd. Yeah. But, yeah, especially in this latter half, it's been it's been different. Yeah. Uh, but I have. I have gotten feedback, too, of people just saying, um, 
You know, especially thinking about Daniel being in a context where, I mean, it's essentially anti-Christian. Right. And I'm not saying that that's the context of America, right? but kind of, I mean, heading in that direction generally. <laughs> like, I think we're still kind of in the zone where it's not so much like people are like super against Christianity. They're just right. kind of like, we don't care about it that much. Right. Um, yeah, it's good to be in a, in a study where we're seeing someone who's like, I mean, just bold. Yeah. You know? Um, I, you quoted it in your sermon, or you made a just, I had it memorized at some point. Oh, I just found it in my Bible. Yeah, Thank tr- you tr- for tr- underlining these things, Aaron. Um, but Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet, a, a contemporary of Daniel, living mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, he he was probably of the of a more poor class of people, so Jeremiah lived in Jerusalem, and he was a prophet trying to prophesy to the to the Israelites in Jerusalem prior to being taken captive, and telling them you know you got to repent you got to repent and they didn't repent and they were taken into exile. Daniel and some of the wealthier people were taken into exile so they could be trained and formed according to Babylonian people. Uh, but the poorer people were left behind, so Jeremiah was left behind in Jerusalem. But Jeremiah, he he wrote actually a letter to the exiles in Babylon. Um, I forget the I forget the year. I I quoted my sermon just recently, but um, anyways, he he wrote a letter to the exiles once they were there, and it's in Jeremiah chapter twenty nine. That's part of this letter. And I think you were talking about this too. But So Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 7 says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord, God, on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Right? And so this is Jeremiah writing to the exiles, obviously a prophet, so speaking God's word to them, telling them, hey, you're in exile. Seek the welfare of the city, mm-hmm. but also be present there because God is present there. And in a sense, like, get to know your neighbors <laughs> and mm-hmm. work towards community transformation in the name of God, right? And so... So this is this is a word that Daniel probably would have received mm. also mm-hmm. in exile, a word from Jeremiah. And this is a word for us too, I believe. I think I think this was remember it was before Christmas that you and I were talking about what sermon series we were going to be doing after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we we chose Daniel and I, I remember part of our conversation was, you know Daniel was an exile. I think a lot of us feel either because of COVID or maybe even before COVID, like kind of the shifting tides of our society towards secularism and and all this kind of stuff. Like maybe as Christians, we feel a bit like exiles, you know, afraid to stand up and speak the name of Jesus, afraid of persecution that may or may not even come but afraid that it is going to come and so we're afraid to stand up and live as people of faith in this world like so there's a lot of this kind of exile type 
mentality or experience that we may actually be having and maybe why Daniel actually resonated with a lot of us that perhaps a lot of American people haven't even noticed all that much and it could be because of what you alluded to before that we just sort of kind of stay in our lanes and just, you know, don't really pay attention to what's going on. We stay kind of where we're comfortable. Mm. But if we take a step back and acknowledge, we can go, holy smokes, maybe this is not the same world that it was, or same country even, that it was just a couple of decades ago. You know, like there is some shifting uh, stuff. So this whole idea of wherever you are, if you are, if you're in exile, pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord, he says, on its behalf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right on its behalf. Oh, what do you? How does that? How does that resonate with you? Do you have you sense that? Do you feel, or have you heard of others? Like, does it does it seem to you like we, as Christians in in our country right now, can can relate to that that idea of being exiles? Oh, I think so for sure. Like, I don't. I don't know where I picked this up, but like somewhere along the way, growing up, already like my my kind of worldview was being shaped in this sort of look. Like things are getting darker out there. Like the world's getting worse. You know, uh, it's kind of falling away from like the the old ways when things were better. And I mean, I I think you can trace a lot of that. Like even if you're looking at media, you know, TV, what's airing these days versus what you know. It's not Leave It to Beaver anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, so. There's all kind of growing up. I had this idea that oh my gosh, like we're gonna get in this like scary time for Christians because like the world's getting so dark. But then um, in St. Louis, there was a pastor who he preached a sermon one day. I was just working at the logistics company when I moved down there, so I was probably in like my early 20s. And he said something about being like excited because uh, he's like we're starting our pilgrimage. So he's continuing this same kind of idea that Christians are on the way out, kind of. Uh, of the mainstay in America, okay. you know, this is what he had identified uh, societally. Um, but he spun it the other way around. Not so much the fear side of things, yeah. but like he was excited. Yeah. And he, he pointed that because he said that Christianity has always thrived yeah. uh, when it's been on the outskirts, yeah. when it's been in the margins. Yeah. And uh, and so he was kind of excited for it. But anyways, I think both of those like. My earlier days, my later days, they've all kind of at least cast this narrative for me of, yeah, the times are changing. Like, Christianity is not, you know, I guess it's not what it used to be in America. And I think there is a a pretty strong, like, feeling or bias against it, actually, especially against, um, I don't know, they call it, like, mainstream, right, evangelical Christianity in America. They kind of, like, associate it with not really having any intellect sometimes. Like, this gets cast, like, in the political realm. Oh, like... Like, they're just stupid and rely just on faith. They don't actually, like... Yeah, like science. Right, exactly, exactly. So, like, some of that rhetoric is, I think, also, like, you know, it's it's coloring uh, in a similar way that, yeah, the world is... Christians are becoming more and more exiles, you know, in in this particular land. And, of course, they've always been exiles in the world, right? Like, that's how, I think, the Apostle Peter talks, right, in his letters. But, but you think about the way that God does this stuff. So God sent, God sent the people into exile <laughs> as punishment yeah. for discipline. 
But while there, he says, pray to pray on behalf of this place. So if God had not sent them there, there would not have been God's people there. Mm-hmm. But because God sent them there, God's people were there. Right? So God uses these moments in history to, to like scatter his people around the same thing happened in the in the new testament church Mm. as well right i mean you can read about it in the book of acts but acts one two three four five six the first six chapters it's basically the story of the jerusalem church being being built um obviously after after pentecost people would have been sent out because they they had been gathered in jerusalem from lots of parts of the world and they would have gone out with the good news of jesus However, it's the story of the Jerusalem church being built up. But then all of a sudden we see that in in, uh, Acts chapter 7 when Stephen is stoned, there is a man there by the name of Saul who's giving approval to his execution, right? And then when this, so Saul, who later turns into Paul, is leading this great persecution against the church and the church ends up needing to disperse and be spread out, right? And so... So that that happens, and they go to they go to lots of different parts of the world. The same thing happened in the in in Europe in the in the Middle Ages with the with the bubonic plague. People had been mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of Christianity had been limited to city dwellers, but then when the plague would strike the cities, a lot of times people would flee out into the countryside where a lot of poor people were and peasants, and then they brought Christianity with them. So, like, to think that to think that whatever we're dealing with in, in, mm. in, in America is going to be the end of Christianity is just plain wrong mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's not historically or biblically accurate. I think you and I were both copied on, a, on an email this morning. I don't know, there was, some, there was a news article that was sent to us and uh, it was interesting, but it was about the church in Iran. And I've actually, I want to relook it up, but there's a, there's a YouTube documentary uh, following this underground church in Iran, uh, that's just that's just booming like crazy. Same things happening, yeah, in China and Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, even in even North Korea. Although it's not, I wouldn't say it's booming in North Korea, but there's a strong underground church. Like, so to think that Christianity might end because of some secularization of America is just, I don't know, it's just it's just wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing, the thing that the thing that God has asked us to do and commanded us to do and the thing we want to do more and more of as a church right. is to train you guys, <laughs> our listeners, our, our church, our family, to be these holistic disciples mm. who will disciple and evangelize other people in your, in your neighborhoods because the church, the institution, might be losing some influence culturally, mm-hmm. but you as an individual are not losing influence relationally with the people that you know and love right so go and be <laughs> go yeah. and be go yeah. and be the good right? right right seek the welfare of your neighborhood your, you know yeah, your, your workplace your coworkers. yeah pray to the lord on its behalf yep yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's incredible man and i think that uh, that is one aspect of christianity that's unique as well uh as i understand it no other religion has ever become more dominant in a country outside of its origin 
So, mm. you know, uh, Hinduism, or wherever that started, <laughs> that's where it's still really popular, right? Uh, uh, you know, so like, they, like mo well, not most, all religions are, are uh, tied to their ethnic origins. Uh, and that is not the same with Christianity. Oh. And that's crazy that it's migrated, yeah. you know, to all these different areas, uh, kind of just God being on the move and, yeah. you know, scattering seed, where yep. and when he wills, and... Yep. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. When we talk, yeah. Oh man, I, yeah. We could go on and on, but <laughs> you mentioned the scattering seed thing, and I, I was just reminded. I, I just heard this the other day too from uh, from another pastor that there's the parable of the sower that talks about um, different kinds of ground that the seeds might land on. Mm-hmm. There's basically four different kinds of soil, and one only one type of soil. So like different individuals are kind of different types of soil. Mm-hmm. There's really only one that's good soil where the where the seed really sprouts and bears much fruit. Right. So basically the pastor was making the statement that, you know, you gotta as as Christians, we we've been called to sow the seed of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But frankly like seventy five percent of the time it might not <laughs> might not bear fruit. Sure. So um, that means you gotta sow more seed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, it will bear much fruit eventually. So right, yeah, um, but that's that's not to discourage, but to encourage. Mm-hmm. Um, when when it doesn't seem like it's working, just keep keep at it. Yeah, and that's I mean Jesus talks that way too about the kingdom of God. You say you know it's like a mustard seed. Yeah. It's the smallest of them all, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's the biggest. Right. And uh, and it's not something that we're able to really see. Right. It's not like we walk out our doors and say, oh wow, the kingdom of God is expanding so much today. Right. You know, um, <laughs> it's yeah. just not our normal. Right. Uh, 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 experience right. but it's the reality like right. that god's kingdom is growing yeah. coming yeah. Uh, manifesting each more um, yeah. and it manifests when we are the good yeah and we don't no, none of us have been called to be the savior of the world there's only one savior of the right. world his name is jesus right we don't need to be revolutionaries like just make a difference in one person's life mm-hmm. yeah that's a good takeaway from today right make a like, difference in one person's life yeah yeah. Tell one person about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? Invest your invest your life into the life of one, and that one will become another one, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Kevin, we could go we could go on and on. You've been two weeks without conversating. I know you've got plenty to say, but yeah, I know. Uh, we'll we'll be bringing it back. So we're done with we're done with Daniel as a church. We're going to move into Holy Week. So I think we'll I don't know. We'll probably just keep conversating on whatever we're talking about so hopefully that's working out for you obviously our conversations are not limited to just that that text that was preached upon we sort of use that as the starting point and go where the spirit leads us <laughs> i see where it goes <laughs> so uh we 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 just uh, again our encouragement to you uh, our listeners as always is um you know hopefully there was some sort of nugget that was either informational, challenging, encouraging, uh, something in here that maybe you never heard before. Take that and then go apply it to that one person. Go, go and have a conversation with one about whatever you just had. Start a spiritual conversation and the Lord will guide it the rest of the way. So uh, blessings to you as we enter into this holy week, one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, Kevin, have a blessed rest of your day, buddy. It's good to be back. All right. Bye.